Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Surrounding me with love 
For to find a balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence My name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. The music you were listening to at the beginning of the show is called I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shemshai, and I am in deep gratitude for Shemshai allowing me to share their work on my show and giving me permission to use their music on the show. Um, They truly, really bring a wonderful message and a wonderful energy into the world. So definitely, I hope you'll take the time, by the way, to check out their website, www.shimshai.com, which is S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. And I want to welcome everybody that's joining us here today. So whether you're returning because you've listened to the show and you love what we do here, or whether you're joining us here for the very first time, we do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Pen, also known as Fair Encounters Network. And then we also have those people who are catching our show in the archives um, who aren't able to catch it live, and they can do that through TuneIn.com, iTunes, and um, YouTube. So I welcome everybody who's catching our show through those channels as well. And here at Activating Compassion Radio, what I do is look at the different ways that compassion exists in our lives, how to remove our blocks, resistances, frustrations, and more. And some weeks I'm discussing different aspects of how compassion is in our life, how um, it affects our life, the different areas of compassion. And some weeks I'll do more exercises and practical implementations. Many times I've got really incredible guests on the show, and those that have been listening in have have had some great guests to connect with (laughs) over the last few weeks. And that way you get a chance to learn how other things also complement and work with compassion in the world. I do also highlight different musical artists along the way. I've had Stephen Halpern, Peter Cater on in the past, Joel Matson, Claire Hedin, Bruce Ciccarelli, um, Craig Corolla, Carol Grant, Zach Moses, let's see here, Sam's with there. I'm trying to think there's a few others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all in the archives there. And and this year, of course, I've been cycling my musical guest around the turning points of the year. So we've had Walden Green on this year. I've had Angelia Grace, who called in from Ireland this year. 
I've had um, also, let's see here, uh, Dragon Pet, who came on after they had their tour. They were on at the summer solstice. And coming up in two weeks, I have Shoshita Marut, who will be calling in from um, India. So that's going to be some really wonderful music coming through there as well. Now, in my own work, what I do is find people, uh, find people, <laughs> well, maybe in a way I, find, I help people find people. I, I help, well, I'm getting all tongue twisted today. <laughs> Never mind. Anyways, what I do is I help people find a new compassion in their everyday life. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement. If you've missed that, you can catch it in our archives. I've authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life Dreams, and also its companion workbook. My first two books were Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And in addition, I've created the Compassion Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, and fundraising events. And I should mention I'm also a co-author on a fifth book, which is called Embraced by the Divine, which is uh, really exciting to share as well. And um, for those that have been following some of my work in the Compassion Tour, I want to uh, they realize that I'm I'm not on tour at the moment full time. Um, I'm coming to you from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is my hometown area now, and um, and then I will be journeying out and touring in smaller pieces um, all around. So uh, what's really great about South Dakota is I'm kind of centrally located to a lot of different locations, so it's going to um, allow me to, to do some of that traveling and to keep all the touring going while being based here for a little bit. Um, I'm doing a little regrouping, and, and today's show is actually going to get into some of the things I'm regrouping towards right now, uh, which have to do with our personal codes, and that's part of why I'm taking a break here in, in South Dakota is to give myself a chance to um, make the shifts and make the changes that I'm being guided to make right now and to um, really do some firsthand work in an area that doesn't have, you know, a lot uh, being offered for people. And so I'm excited about opening that door here. Just a reminder, by the way, if you do enjoy our show today, make certain that you tell your friends and your family or, you know, significant others, I don't know, coworkers, (laughs) whoever it jives with for you. And, uh, you know, let them know what's going on in our show. Share it with them because I know when I'm sharing my shows that people always come to me and go, oh, my gosh, this is so interesting. Or I really have been wanting to learn about that. Or this gave me a, a great chance. This is something I really needed in my life right now. So, um, And I've had people that have literally said, you know, you changed my life. You saved my life because of this show, um, the topic, you know, that they were struggling with something and, not sure that they could go on and, you know, whoever the guest was or what I was talking about seemed to turn things around for them. So that's always exciting as well. You just, you don't know who's like you're going to change just by clicking the share button. And they can listen to it in our archives, which they can get to that by using the very same link that you use to get into our live show today and listen to it at their convenience. They can also go to my Activating Compassion um Facebook page, and I keep all of the shows archived there, as well as on my tab, my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, which is Jesse and Nichols George, the number one dot com. 
And uh, and then, of course, it's available as podcasts at iTunes, tunein.com. And it takes anywhere from a week to two uh, to get the YouTube version up, but that is also another option for people. If I can get it done with sooner, I do it sooner, but, you know, some some weeks it's a little busier, <laughs> and that gets a little delayed getting posted. So, Before we get started on everything today, um, those that have listened in before know that I like to tune in with um, and, and bring us a little kind of spot for the week uh, from the book 72 Names of God, Technology for the Soul by Yehuda Berg. And, um, you know, what's really interesting to me today is today is what I call my rebirthday. And I say rebirthday because, as you know, the show is dealing with name changes. And it was um, nine years ago, so I've really been in a full cycle with my name, that I legally changed my name to what it is now, Jesse Ann Nichols George. And so just like a regular birthday for me, this is always a new start, a new beginning. We're going to talk about some of those things uh, during the show today a little bit, but we're also going to be talking about some other very interesting things in the show today. And um, it just happened when I came into the book today, I realized that we're starting back with the first name of God. (laughs) <laughs> today in this book. So a new beginning for me, a new fresh start, which is in effect in about 45 minutes, <laughs> a little less than 45 minutes is when I legally changed my name nine years ago. And um, and here we are starting fresh and anew with the names of God again. Um, we get through this book. It takes about a year and a half to go through this book once. So it's always some great cycling insights in there. And these insights, by the way, are posted on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website. So you can always go back and reflect on them throughout the week, which is what I do. I like to kind of work with the thoughts throughout the week. Now, the the common name that we have this week of God is time travel. And what this uh, little initial message is uh, from Yehuda those when they want to undo past crimes in order to banish their painful effects from our lives and the lives of others, name provides us with an ingenious time travel device. Forget the drama name. This flight happens on a full level. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. And, uh, you know, this is kind of interesting to me, just even in that little initial message that he has, because, um, you know, of course, all the coding that's in the, the names that he uses, but oftentimes people do change their names to escape what they consider to be painful effects or crimes or do get rid of influences um, in their life. And for me, that was not the case, and I'll share more about that. But, uh, but that does happen, and oftentimes without realizing that people shift to something that may or may not work for them, and uh, that's a lot of pieces to consider there. Now, the insight that Yehuda gives today is science says that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. For every cause, there is an effect. But in the physical world, there is always an interval of time between an action and its result. Time is the distance between cause and effect. Time is between 
crime, and consequence. Time is the gap between good deeds and dividends. The chain of cause and effect could be 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 months, or even 10 lifetimes. Nevertheless, the effects of our behavior come back to us in full measure. We believe mistakenly that good is unrewarded, that evil goes unpunished, and that life lacks true justice. Why? Because the memory of our positive and negative actions fades over time. And when their delayed effects appear, we see them as simply as random events. So what's more, unkind words also set the cause and effect principle into motion. So how do we return to the original cause before its nasty effects show up in our lives? The technology for this exists in this unique name. Long ago, Kabbalah declared that time travel was possible. Today, quantum physicists are catching up to Kabbalah by acknowledging that time travel is achievable, at least in theory. But Kabbalah doesn't say we will physically rocket back in time to encounter our own self face-to-face. That's an intriguing concept. But here, we achieve an objective far more dazzling than the notion of having lunch with ourselves somewhere in the past. What is that objective? Well, about unimaginable joy and fulfillment once we correct all the negative actions of our past. The meditation that he gives on this is awaken remorse in your heart for prior misdeeds, spiritual truth, that problems in your life are the result of past actions. Concentrating on this name will now uproot the negative seeds you've already planted. In doing so, you transform your past, reshape your present, and assure yourself a future of full joy or full, a future full of joy and fulfillment. So again, the common name here is time travel. The formal name is Bob K. Bob. And, you know, again, this is very interesting because so many times we don't put the connections together and we think, but I didn't do anything to get this. But we can't get what we have in our life without having done something, made a choice somehow, taken an action somehow. As Yehuda brings out, you know, this cycling of time. And if we think back, oftentimes cycles run in nine-year cycles or 10-year cycles. And if we were to reflect back, where were you nine years ago? What was happening in your life? You set a precedence for what's going on now. Now, there's a lot more to it than that, of course, because we have our astrological influences. We have the influences of the current time. You know, every era has a time and an energy to it. And these are all kinds of things I'm going to delve into today, so I don't want to get too much into it right at the moment. (laughs) But we're going to go there with some of these things. And it is interesting to realize that we, even though we're in a present moment, we're constantly time traveling too because we're constantly setting up the energy for what will be and we're constantly dealing with the energy of what has been. So great insights. Again, the formal name, Bob Hey Vav, common name, time travel. 
You can find it on my page for the Main Street Universe tab on my website, Jesse M. Nichols George, and number1.com. Now, a little thought here before we go to a break and we start delving into this topic because this is going to be an interesting topic and give you a little taster because I only have so much time <laughs> on the show, but we're going to delve into some great stuff. Have you ever noticed people change when they change their name, such as getting married? Have you ever felt like you were someone different than what you were named? And have you ever thought about changing your name legally? Now, I'm very aware that every word that we use, including names, have a strong vibration to them. Numerologists will assign numbers to each letter and find that to end find that to indicate various energy patterns or personal traits within them. Now, there are even those that are able to look at a name and understand what is encoded within it, showing the tendencies towards blessings or harm in a lifetime. Sharita Starr is someone that shows some of those very things in her book, What's in a Name? Here, she looks at many celebrities to show their names spelled out within them their rise and fall during their lives, such as she did with Princess Diana. For many cultures, names are picked with specific intent to align with the planet, to honor a deity, to add a variety of blessings for a good life, to honor the family and bring rise in the world. I always found this an interesting practice for people to have such names and have always felt the name to have a strong influence on people. However, what if you're given a name that doesn't feel like you? I'm one of those people that chose to change my name legally and not because of marriage. I was not running away from anything or trying to escape anything, but simply did not feel like my birth name. Eventually, I learned that the name I felt like was what I was originally supposed to be named. In changing my first name, I also chose to adjust my last name to embrace both my matriarchal and patriarchal heritages. And what I've learned is that our vibration does shift. How others view us in the world shifts. We most often see this when someone changes their name due to marriage. A few years into the marriage, there's a sense of, hmm, this person is not the same person that I married. Besides the obvious of Maturing and being a few years older, there's a lot of truth in this statement. It takes about seven years for the energy of the new name to come together. And is it any wonder that this is when the seven-year itch happens in the marriage too? Obvious shifts happen within two years, which correlates with the honeymoon period of the marriage. Working with a variety of things in my work, including numerology and astrology and Nordic coding, it is interesting to see how the different energies shift with a name. <clears throat> now, while I acknowledge that vibrational energies do influence or shape us, I also believe that it is up to us how we use those energies and what we do with them. And in other words, we don't have to be a victim to the cards that we are dealt with. I've also noticed that people do not feel like their name um, are often best to make a legal name change, as keeping a name that does not feel comfortable for you creates stress and tension 
that sends conflicting information through your being each time you are referred to by a name that doesn't resonate with you. I also find it important that if one chooses to change a name, that they take caution in selecting a name and date to change it that will assist them instead of inhibitment. And selecting a name that creates a balance or offsets challenging aspects of what they were born with can be really useful. However, selecting influences that are not balancing can create greater challenges. Do you feel compatible with your birth name? And have you noticed changes in yourself or others when their name was legally changed? And have you ever really taken a look at what the energies are that reside in your name? This week, we're focusing on a component of compassion related to the aspects in my books of creating a new world. And this reminds us that who we choose to be will have a great influence on the type of world we exist in and what we experience in life. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I'll be sharing my work with you on name changes and the effects they can have on our energy and life. The song that I have for you um, during our break is called, what is it called? I had it there. Um, Walking Down the Road Again. (laughs) Walking Down the Road Again is the name of the song by Claire Hedding. And you can definitely check out more of Claire's work through her website, by the way. And again, a a great appreciation to Claire for allowing us to use her work on my show here. And uh, that website is www.clairehedding.com, C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And by the way, if you're in chat, I need to mention I cannot see you in chat today, but um, I can see people as they come in and out of the uh, phone switchboard today. So um, I just want to put that out there in case you type something in the chat and you're wondering why I'm not responding to you. We'll be back shortly. Walking down the road again Something new to find I'm walking down the road again I've got my peace of mind And I feel like chasing Those clouds should head my way. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio, and my name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin, um, which, um, you know, Claire has been a guest on my, actually, she was one of the very first guests, uh, early guests on my show, um, the first couple of months that, that I was on, and you can definitely learn out, learn about more of her work through her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And today, um, what we're doing is I'm celebrating my rebirth day, which is the name that I, the date that I legally changed my name. (laughs) I'm going to get these words straight sooner or later here on the show. (laughs) Bear with me. And with this show on name changes, and I'm taking a look today at how they influence our lives. Um, Having been through my own legal name change, I have found that for many people, they will create a significant impact on our thoughts, actions, and behaviors. And while the naval influences will never completely go away, they will be impacted by a legal name change. And so, you know, that's what we're exploring today, how the energy shifts and how we shift through this process and the impact that a name change can have on us, our lives, and those around us. And, you know, this is, for me, a really fascinating topic because it's not just about a name change. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people, and I'll perceive this, there are a lot of people out there who do not agree with me. They do not believe that when you change your name legally that you change your vibrations, that you change your your energy and the influences that you're dealing with. But I'll tell you, I know absolutely it does make a difference. Um, It can complicate things (laughs) because you're dealing with more than one influence. You're dealing with your natal influences and you're dealing with your, your legal name, current name influences in things. And for me, I was actually born under the name of Patty and George. Um, and it was interesting because that name never really resonated with me. Um, my parents chose that name, and ironically, there was no family connection whatsoever to the name Patty. 
<laughs> it was not in our family history. I don't know where they got that from. Um, and so I kind of grew up feeling this this little bit of conflict in a way. I mean, I accepted it as my name because I was a child. I didn't know any better. And then as the years go on, I kept resonating to this other name of Jesse. And and I kept thinking, no, Jesse feels like my name. Jesse is what I'm supposed to be called. And I asked my mom, I remember one day, um, you know, what, you know, I keep resonating to this name. Uh, you know, I've always thought that this felt like my name. And she said to me, she goes, well, you know, that's actually what you were supposed to be named had you been a boy. <laughs> so... I said, and Jesse couldn't be a girl name. You know, we have actually some very strong women in the family that um, are named Jesse, not Jessica, but Jesse, and that is my legal name, Jesse. And um, she said, well, we didn't really think about it that much, and we changed it. So, you know, it was no wonder a lot of, there are people out there that have expressed the same thing to me. They go, yes, because I've never felt like my name, or you know, even uh, uh, somebody I was talking to was recently during this past week was mentioning to me, they go, yes, the, you know, my parents almost got my name wrong because I told them before I came in. <laughs> and so I understand the conflict when you are given a name and that name does not resonate with you. You, you, you don't feel like that's who you are. Um, there's a good chance that it may not be who you are. It may not be what you want. And I've had all different kinds of opinions coming in through the week about this name change of some people saying, well, I was just too lazy to change it, or some people saying, well, I decided to grow into the name I was given, that I I felt like I was given it for a reason or a purpose, um, things like that. Now, then there's a lot of people who, grow up and they have unpleasant situations in their life and they'll change their name because they weren't happy with their name. They weren't happy with what was happening in their life is actually more of the situation. And they change their name as an escape to run away from things. Uh, Now, again, when I changed my name, it was about stepping into who I am. And that was the, the key part of it to me, I felt like finally I get to be me. <laughs> After all of these years, I finally get to be me. And so I like to celebrate a name change the same way I celebrate a birthday. I like to do things that are special. I like to do things that um, set up what I want to be bringing into my life, uh, where I want things to be focused, um, stepping into to me further. And I like to take that time out to just really connect with myself, which is part of why I didn't have a guest on the show today and why I chose to do the show on my own because I wanted this to be a celebration to awaken and to share with other people uh, the importance of this. So I have now a birthday and a rebirth day, <laughs> as I call it, because for me it was a rebirthing time. And when I changed my first name legally, I also chose to add um, my mother's maiden name to my last name 
and that gets very confusing for a lot of people when they have to put me into any kind of system because I end up with every name combination <laughs> in the world um, out there, which is kind of interesting. And um, so I added my the name Nichols into my last name so that I could embrace both the matriarchal and the patriarchal heritage because I was kind of felt like, well, I want to be more balanced. I want to bring more of both lineages into to my family history because I have strong lineage for spiritual healing and advising on, on my mother's side of the family and a strong lineage of druidic practitioners on my father's side of the family. And so, um, you know, I really wanted to bring those influences through for myself in it. And um, so I picked a date, and it was very interesting in picking it because originally I was born on a Friday the 13th in November. And when I picked my name change date, uh, it was kind of the time that I was ready for it to happen in a sense. And it was a time of year that was always kind of symbolized the end of a challenging period for me. And I wanted to draw in some additional energy. And, and when I chose it, I knew I was connecting very consciously with um, the, um, what do I want to say, the uh, Mary Magdalene energy. Um, or the Magdalene consciousness and, and some of that energy balance. And uh, as time went on, I, I realized I really found a really beautiful, perfect balance between my given name at birth and the legal name change that I've been living with for the last nine years. Um, in, in doing that process, it was kind of fun because I started with a water energy of Scorpio and all of that intensity and I've since moved into being a Leo <laughs> with, on the cusp of cancer, so uh, a very uh, in-depth sort of Leo in a way, but I'm drawing on the fire and the Leo energy and that much more social energy of the Leo. So it's got a lot of balance between my inner and outer world because my birth energy is very internal and the, the Leo energy is very external and it's been under this main influence that I've put out the books, that I've published the books, that I've started this radio show, that I've started doing the touring with my work, that I've really made the outer connections in the world. Um, so it's very fascinating. And I'm always learning as I go along with this. Um, when I look at names, and, and the reason for me why name changes have such a critical influence in who we are, um, it, there's many aspects. You've heard me mention Sharita Starr, and she has been on our show, and she's talked about this, and she's talked about her, her work and her book in understanding names. And I've also had Sharon uh, Lynn Wyatt on my show, who also does name energy readings uh, in there. Now, Sharita combines uh, Chaldean numerology along with uh, what is kind of a, an anagram influence of names um, where she shows uh, some of what's hidden in a name. And then she also delves in, you know, to these different aspects that way. Um, Sharon Lynn Wyatt takes a little different approach because she sees the first name is representing something, the middle name is representing something, the last name is representing something uh, in our life. 
and she also works with cells and continents and how they play together. So she brings in a different perspective. And I want to mention that while some of my work has overlaps with what Sharita does, um, reading into names, um, using Chaldean numerology, um, I, I actually blend in then also Nordic grid patterns. A lot of times when I'm reading, sometimes uh, what that does is it dictates uh, the way the energy flows. And when we talk about that, what I'm talking about is every letter has an energy vibration to it, whether you assign it by numbers or um, other other languages, so to say, <laughs> or other systems, so to say. Um, they all have energy, just like every musical note creates a different sound to it. Um, it's a very similar process in that. For me, what unlocks for me is I have a natural ability to notice patterns in people and life and um, understand those currents of energy. And so what I've delved into with name changes really comes down to what is coded in the name, what is the actual energy vibration, what is the pattern um, that that name is putting forth out there. And um, so it's a little bit different than both, you know, uh, than, say, Sharita's work that's out there. But I do want to mention, again, Sharita has an amazing book out for those that do want to delve into playing around with names um, a bit. It's called What's in a Name, and uh, SharitaStar.com. You can go on her website there. She does astrology things every month with the moon cycles, and she works very much with the cycles and everything. Um, she she looks at what's you know in spelled out within a name, and it's very very interesting. So for people that want to explore that dynamic, you can certainly do it. Um, for me, I use Chaldean numerology, which is not the so-called standard numerology that's out there. And I use that because, for me, it provides more accurate information um, in that process. And again, I'm not working from a standard numerological or numerology flow. Uh, I have my own flows that I work with when I look at names for people, when I look at what's coded in their name. Um, there is some overlap, but there's uh, I, I just kind of go with my own branch. Let's say that. I just go in my own direction with it, uh, with that. And, and so when I'm looking at these flows and patterns, it actually will tell me different things, um, like when somebody gets prosperity. You know, one person gets prosperity in their life, and that may trigger them to come to a standstill. And then somebody else may get prosperity in their flow, and that may trigger them to go into a journeying space or a very introspective space um, and things like that. Uh, other people may then create trials or tribulations for themselves or challenges for themselves. And that's where I look at what I call Nordic energy patterns and currents in somebody's name uh, that, that's out there. So there's a lot of different pieces to it, if you want to say that. Um, when I look at my names, for me, I'm unfolding a system with this coding, uh, which 
I use the name as the foundation of my work. So I'll look at somebody's name, for example, who I'll look at their legal birth name, and then I look at their current legal name. And it is the legal name where all the energy pattern is in it, where the, the coding is for me. When I'm doing things, um, I will take into consideration if somebody has like a stage name, for example. You have a lot of actors, actresses, entertainment, um, or I have a lot of friends that uh, are involved in music, Jim and Ashley Cash, for example, and then they have their band name, Woven Green, or, you know, Daniel Michael, the producer of our show, and he's in his band, um, Dragon Pet. So these different things are business names. Uh, that we work with and we use. And these things that are frequently being used by us all have their own energy patterns. And these energy patterns are either going to be compatible with us or incompatible with us. So this can be interesting to look at. There's literally nothing that I can discover anything. Let's say that I can discover anything. I have been working this past week with some people to... uh, help them, for example, discover what type of spiritual career to go in. I can look at what type of spiritual path somebody could travel. I can look at uh, what planet somebody is aligned to, um, days of the week that they're aligned to. Matter of fact, as I unfold this work for people, one of the things I can do is really look at what are the most favorable days out of a year for them or out of a month for them, for example, or the months that are most favorable. And we have, you know, our traditional, say, astrology patterns and things like that that will say, oh, well, any birth month, for example, um, is going to be a favorable time. It's a new beginning time. You're starting the new personal cycle. You're, you know, starting these different pieces um, that are going on. And uh, so, in a sense, yes, that's and we do have that energy, but then we may or may not be coded, for example, to our own birth month. And if we're not coded to it, then our birthday might not be favorable for us. We might have a rough time at our birthday instead of having a pleasant time at our birthday, for example. And it can be subtle changes in things. Um, The coding that we're connected to through our names, for example, Um, is something that uh, I like to call it an attraction. If we're we're coded to something, we have major forms of attraction going on. We have either that soulmate love type connection with it or we have a fatal attraction (laughs) with it because when we are totally coded to something, it's going to pretty much sit on one extreme or another. Now, as I help people find these different pieces of coding for themselves, and I've worked with musicians on uh, CD titles, on song titles, to make sure that it's favorable to the group. Because let's say let's say a musician or, or a band is putting a song or a CD out there, and it's not compatible to them, then you know that's going to be a real challenge for them because that's you know, if it's not compatible, it could it could create a lot of conflict, a lot of misery for them. It could create um, people, you know, coming at them in a very attacking way, for example. 
but if it's favorably coded to them, then it can draw in a lot of success for them. It can draw in a lot of blessings for them. Um, and, and coding has these different layers to it. So, for example, when I look at somebody's coding through their name, um, then what's going to happen, too, is that uh, they might like something, they might enjoy something, and it could, uh, but they're not making any money off of it. So let's say, like I see that with a lot of people on their spiritual path. They're like, I love what I'm doing, but I'm not making any money. I'm not able to support myself. Well, every time I go in and look at the coding on that, it's like, well, yeah, because it's a spiritual thing for you. And that doesn't mean that spiritual things can't have money <laughs> come in or that you can't be successful and prosper from them because you can. But what happens in their coding is that there might be a spiritual material conflict going on or it might be something that is more of a mission for them uh, than it is a business for them. And there are those varying degrees in there. Now, likewise, we may not be coded to something, but we can still have a favorable experience to it. And what happens in that type of situation, and sometimes that's what we want to look for, is just that favorable connection without the code connection to it. And the reason I say that, for example, is that, uh, and a lot of times that's where we'll find really good friendship. They may not be coded to us, um, or, or or we find somebody that we like being around, but we don't necessarily want to be in a relationship with them. We might have a favorable coding going on there, but it they're not really connected. Um, or I should say we might have a favorable um, vibration going on or a compatible energy going on with them, but they're not really connected. And in that type of situation, that allows for a certain level of detachment which, for example, if you're going to um, work a job and you just need it for summertime, for example, you just need it for a couple of months, you may not want something that you're completely coded to because you're, you're going to find it's going to be hard to let that go um, in there. And, and I see this sometimes in relationships, too, where somebody has maybe kind of a favorable connection, but they're not really coded to that person, and it's hard to let that relationship go uh, and to move on. And and oftentimes what happens there is that uh, they never really feel that deeper soul-level connection. They might be able to have good conversations. They might be able to share a lot of things, but they don't ever really feel that soul connection if they're not coded to each other. Uh, so, so it's very interesting, but one thing I have found um, is that twin flames are coded to each other. They're coded in the best favorable position that they have, and that's other things that I'm unfolding in my work um, with people that I can explore with people. For example, is, you know, are you coded to your partner? What is the dynamic? What happens when the two of you come together? And you heard me mention earlier about people who get married and they change their last name. Now, there's a lot of countries that the woman doesn't change their last name. They keep their maiden name. It never changes when they marry. But there's a lot of times in North America, for example, 
that most of the time the woman will change her name to the man's last name. And, and when this happens, uh, we, we really see a whole different shift. Uh, like I said, it takes, it takes about, you get that initial burst of, yay, I'm in a new name. <laughs> and then you have, in about six months, you're really kind of starting to feel a little bit of flow with that name. After about two years, you're really, you're really able to function in that name. And then it takes about nine to ten years to really um, do what we call a full cycle with your name to really be in that flow. You know, I would say about nine years for that. Some people say seven. Seven, you're fully in it. Uh, nine years, you, um, you know, you pretty much run a full cycle with it. And you're starting the new cycle with that name. So uh, when somebody says, hey, this isn't the person I married, well, you're right. And depending on the date you chose to get married and depending on how that name shifted, you know, that person who may have been the love of your life to start with all of a sudden now doesn't have a compatible coding because they took your last name on. And people go, hmm, <laughs> why are we not connecting the same way? Well, because it's not the same person. It's not the same energy vibration that you're dealing with. And what's really fun with this coding is that we can actually identify what we are connected with, you know, what is happening. And, and I see uh, somebody has just kind of popped a message into me that in the Baha'i faith that the male changes their last name to the woman. So it would be, in that instance, the men changing their vibrational energy uh, to, you know, to shift it. And here again, we're going to see a, a deal. And this, again, can either be a favorable thing or an unfavorable thing. And that's why I tell people, I said, check with me, check with me about the business name. We might be able to keep the energy flow um, for what you're looking for and just shift the name a little bit uh, to, to uh, get a combination or a, an influence that's going to help you and be favorable for you. So that can be a really, really powerful thing, and it's, it's something to consider. Now, I want to give you a little example with my name energy and what I I went through. And I didn't know all this. Boy, I sure wish I knew everything I know now. I wish I knew then. <laughs> I think that's the theme of my life in a way um, with everything. But, uh, for example, I can, like I said, literally anything I can take a look at in names. Under my birth name, and those that know me know that part of my work that I'm doing uh, or that I do for people uh, involves working with the angels. Um, well, that's not something that I delved into originally earlier on in my path. That happened only after I changed my name. And as I was exploring some things for myself, one of the things that came up was in my original birth name, Patty and George, I had no angels coded to me. No angels coded to me. In my legal name change that I took nine years ago, what I found is I had 23 angels coded to me. So it's no wonder that my whole angelic energy came out after I shifted my name. Even though I was doing angelic things prior to that, 
it didn't solidify in until I changed my name. It's very fascinating. We've heard Claire Candy Hughes talk about walk-ins, and sometimes I wonder, maybe I had a walk-in come in and say, that's it, I'm changing the name <laughs> to what it should have been to start with um, in there. So these are very particular things that people don't realize. Um, you know, those that know me know that I've, I've worked in a variety of things using this work this year. And, you know, we can even look, you know, we again, we talk about the marriage situation where it might have been all rosy and wonderful prior to the marriage, and then the next thing you know, you know, it's going downhill, somebody's gone off the deep end, and their dark side has come out, and something's happened. Uh, Sharita talks about that in her book with uh, Princess Diana, and it's actually spelled out in her name uh, that she would go through um, ending, having her life end the way it did uh, in there. So, so it's kind of fascinating that way. But my birth name, for example, um, what happened there is I have an energy that relates to a spiritual material conflict. And it deals with a lot of quarrels and a lot of upheaval and a lot of revolution. And um, those that know me know that I posted some things um, recently with coding. And, and this is something that I will be creating a separate Facebook page for over the next couple of months where you can follow some of playing within coding with me and, and learn the true nature of things. Because one thing about coding is it doesn't change. The only way your coding is going to change is if you change your name legally. And that sets up a whole different, like I said, set of influences for you. But the truth of anything in this world is encoding, is in its personal code. The truth of anything is in its personal code. Now, a lot of us, for example, like to think of Christ as um, somebody who is, you know, very peaceful and very loving, and boy, Christ must have had all of that peaceful, loving energy coded in him, right? Wrong. Christ has this vibration that I had under my birth name um, in there, which is the energy he has coded in him, revolutionary energy, was here to create upheaval and to ironically create a lot of kind of destruction. What was he destroying? He was destroying the temples. He was out there uh, trying to destroy the government control uh, powers uh, that was coming into play. Uh, he was in. He was here to show spiritual material conflict in this world and to show that wars and quarrels uh, and, and treachery and deception was going on, he was here to shine the light that that was happening in the world and in the light. Um, so he actually did not have, if you look at the name Jesus or Christ, he did not have that peaceful energy coded in him. And what happens um, under this influence of say, the spiritual material conflict. Uh, and it's a good thing that I was born under the Scorpio energy <laughs> to allow me to deal with all that upheaval and destruction for revolution type of things uh, because I am one that does that. I tend to shine light on what's truthfully happening in a place. And um, what happens is that 
it's a big life test, and this would play into past life things, um, where the material energy comes in and tempts us. The person with this type of coding, uh, it comes in and tempts us to try to pull us away from the spiritual, specifically so that we can strengthen the spiritual energy within us. So it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing how it works. It's not that it's necessarily that, that it's, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be there tempting us along the way as we walk our spiritual path. Um, likewise, you know, the key, the key is can you find the spirituality and not be consumed by that materialism? And that can go back to, for example, somebody having, uh, I, I probably, I'd say I'd have a past life where I might have been very well off and I might have sacrificed the spiritual for the material. So I came in with that coding to make sure that I would not walk that path again and repeat those lessons. Um, and so uh, that that is one of those things where somebody can be doing a lot of great work in the world and they're wondering, why am I not making money? Well, and, and we can look at this type of coding and go, okay, so what do I do with that? You know, if I... If I have this coding <laughs> that I'm going to be destroyed, I either have to go into this totally materialistic side or I, I'm going to be destroyed. Uh, what we need to do then is to surround ourselves with people, with names of things, with companies that we work for that are completely compatibly coded to us. And when we do that, what we're doing is we're removing the negative energy in a sense. We're finding a way that our, our energy can flow on its beneficial side of things. Um, and, and a lot of times understanding the codes that we have, again, it's not, it's not that they're bad codes. It's just we need to learn how to work with them. So, for example, when I changed my name, I went into this other vibration and the vibration I went into um, says, you know, there's grave warnings here. You know, there's, I just, you know, I, I, I don't do well working with others, <laughs> so to say, which is kind of funny, you know, um, because on one hand I do, but on another hand I don't. And it, it tells me that I could be ruined by speculations. And here's an interesting piece that, you know, I, I decoded or figured out recently in regards to speculation. And this is something that I see a lot of people struggle with. I can almost pinpoint it now that they probably have this pattern of coding in their name um, when they feel like they're trying all the right things and they're not getting anywhere. Um, part of it may be a, a speculation coding that's going on there. And what that is is that tells us that we have to operate, for example, completely of our own thoughts and decisions and not by the influence of others, for one. Um, we have to really, really carefully consider what we're doing and, and come from a very conscious, aware space. And that is above and beyond the normal. And a person with this type of coding like myself has to operate completely in the present moment. So, for example, a person with this type of coding might have a wonderful regular job going on. They're happy with their job. It's all flowing along for them. They have X amount of dollars coming in every month, and they go, great, I have X amount of dollars coming in every month. I can afford to go purchase a house, or I can afford to go purchase a car, and I can make these payments on it. Wrong. 
okay? When you're dealing with this speculation energy pattern, um, what happens is that that might be the way it would work for a normal person, so to say, or an average person in this world, but a person with this type of pattern coding, they have to work with what they have in hand right at that moment. If they don't have it in hand, it's not going to work for them. So they have to really do a lot of readjusting to say, okay, instead of putting the money on the credit card to go purchase food, I need to purchase based on what I have in my bank account right now. That's what I have to work with. And the reason I say this is because with this type of coding pattern in their name, then what I'm finding out is that even though that steady income should be coming in, nine out of ten times, something will bring that income crashing down and they won't have that job. Nine out of ten times. So speculation energy is a very tricky one because it can lead somebody to lead a humble life. But when they learn to work with this energy and they understand, okay, to save up and then I have to have, you know, where I can buy this in full to buy it, for example, then, then they approach from a different aspect. And when they do do things, then things are very solid. They're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to be taken away. Now, on another aspect, we oftentimes wonder, how come this person over here who's doing all these negative things, and we know karma's going to catch up with them at some point, right? Because <laughs> that's the way the universe works. That's part of the cycle. But when we look at this chief and we think, how come they're getting away with all this stuff? How come all these, how come they keep getting all of this success in their life when they're so mean to people and they're, they're so destructive and they're, they're, you know, doing all these harsh things in the world? I mean, there's a lot of people we could say that about, right, in the world today. And, you know, like, like how could Hitler be so successful, for example, right, um, when, you know, when he's hurting all of these people? How could people possibly follow him and obey his orders? Well, he came in with a coding that was all about success. And we see this in a lot of our politicians or our world leaders that are out there. We see this with a lot of the banking families, for example, that are out there. They're coded with energy that allows them to have success. So these are the people that experience success reasonably easy, and they oftentimes don't understand why other people don't get it as easily. Their thought is, I went out and did this. I put in a couple of applications. I had a job in two weeks. I don't understand what your problem is. Well, they're coded with an energy, and sometimes they take that coding before their soul maybe is really that evolved to handle it, and it gets out of hand, they'll take that coding uh, to help them get through a, a circumstance in their life. I reflected on a friend of mine's coding, um, and and she, you know, she sometimes doesn't play nicely, let's put it that way. And, um, you know, in that process, uh, what I realized was she had all this success pattern and all this very successful coding and this power coding in, in her name. And I think that she kind of came in with that coding 
to help her through her family life as a child, in a sense. But when a soul is younger or a soul hasn't learned certain lessons, they can very easily cross the line from being successful or being able to take care of themselves to becoming the bully and becoming the person that, that you know, operates on this other thing, uh, this, this other dimension. So we have all these different types of coding that involve wisdom and they involve fortune and success and, and spiritual energy. And, you know, some codings are, you know, good for a spiritual path, but they're not necessarily good for material options. Uh, some will say that you need to be very independent and others are going to be very strongly based on needing to work with others. Some people uh, need other people in their life to help bring the success into them uh, with it. And then when somebody, for example, changes their name, you can see all of these patterns are, are shifted and sometimes it's for the better, sometimes it's not. Uh, for the better when we start to get in these coding. But in addition to the birth name and the current legal name, you also have an aspect that comes in that is the union of your birth name and your legal name. At least that's a piece of how I work it. Okay? Again, there's a lot of people out there that don't agree with me. They don't take name changes into consideration. But all the work I've been doing with coding this year I'm getting responses saying you're 100% correct. So um, this really, like I said, helps unlock and unfold the pieces. Uh, I can literally take a group of people now, and I can tell who in that group will take the fall. If if somebody needs to be the scapegoat in the situation, I'll know who that scapegoat is. I can tell who's going to be the boss in the situation. I can tell, you know, um, who's going to play a victim in the situation. Uh, it's, it's very interesting to look at. So uh, this is a fascinating pattern. And when we look at the union of energy in there, again, that brings in a whole different dynamic. So there's actually, when you do a legal name change, three key things you're looking at. You're looking at your birth energy, you're looking at your current legal name, and then you're looking at the union of those two names. And if I, for example, look at the union of my birth name and also my current legal name uh, that is there, uh, I actually have another interesting dimension. I didn't pick the easiest thing, which is part of why I said, maybe I would have shifted this a little bit. But, uh, but I did bring in a lot of power coding into my name uh, to a certain extent unknowingly. I have a lot of advancement energy, and a lot of the advancements I have made have happened since I've changed my name in there. Um, and so I know the success is happening, I know it is coming in with everything. Um, but my blended energy really is about strength that's going to come to me because of the experiences I've had earlier in life. So this name shift is really, it really blended well in the sense that I can take what happened earlier under my original name and use it to my benefit 
it means that I will have learned my lessons from it. So this is part of completing uh, work here, um, clearing karma, so to say, uh, in it. So that's really this name shift has been providing that. And then also it requires me to do a lot of observation. That's where I'm going to get my best information from is through observing. Um, and, and it does tell me that I'm going to have success as a result of the challenges I went through um, in my past and that I am building a favorable future for myself uh, in this pattern. Uh, so really, really interesting when we look at this. And what, what I love about this work also is the fact that this is a, an incredible option for people who, for example, have been adopted. And uh, when we look at people who have been adopted, so many times they don't have their birth information. They don't have some of the um, legal birth date or time in order, for example, to have a chart run on them. Um, so this is this, uh, my ability to look at these patterns and these coding uh, aspects that are going on for them and to do this interpretation enough. Um, I, I actually am, by the way, for those who have heard me say I'm an integrated development specialist, I am changing that title. <laughs> and you'll see that because the changes are going to start happening through my website. Um, I'm going to be shifting things around on my website to put the main focus of my work into this coding, and, and I'm changing to um, be called a code interpreter. And this work will be called code interpretation uh, with it, um, because that's really what I'm doing is interpreting the codes and how they interact with everything in our life and, uh, and the compatibility factors that are there. So um, when, when we look at these pieces, this is a phenomenal way for people who are adopted to start to learn about their life path and their life options and how to bring things together through this coding aspect in here. And that's an asset because so many times they don't have access to the normal means for doing that, like I said, through astrology and things. And some of them have found some pieces through numerology, but um, again, for me, I kind of work it in a different dynamic, and a lot of them work by traditional numerology versus, say, the Chaldean numerology, which is um, in the foundations of what I use, uh, is the Chaldean numerology aspect. And that's a, that's a little bit different system than how the vibrational en energies come out. Um, so it gives them that chance to, to say, yeah, here was my birth name, my legal birth name, and you know, at the age of two, my name was changed to this. And uh, and I've looked at that through friends that I've known that have been adopted, and they really have the other energy to them. They have more of their name change energy than their, um, than their birth energy there. Now, um, another interesting thing that I'm finding with the coding is you hear a lot of people talk about us going through a nine-year period or a 10-year cycle, and, um, and I know Sharita's work is based off of a, a nine-year cycle in life. Um, for me, in, in working with what I'm doing, I'm actually finding that our life is a 52-year cycle, not a one-year cycle, not a, a nine-year cycle. All those, those are kind of little sub-cycles 
uh, within it and finding that we have a 52-year cycle. And that that's, comes from the Caldea numerology system uh, that is, is based on 52 uh, aspects. So, you know, a name can be everything. Uh, oftentimes, another thing I've been finding with the coding that's been going on and, and delving into this, uh, this oftentimes explains, for example, why uh, you'll oftentimes have that one person in the family who doesn't seem to resonate with the rest of the family. They seem to be the outcast. They seem to be the one that, that doesn't feel like they fit in with the rest of their family. They, again, if I start running the coding on them uh, and I start looking at what's, what's there in their name, uh, oftentimes, other than their last name energy, they're really not coded to anybody else in their family, or they're coded in a way that is is just um, disconnected from it. So that's that's another interesting piece in this aspect. And again, when we look at relationships, uh, when we look at love relationships, understanding that coding: are we coded to somebody, and what's going to happen if you change the name in there? Um, aspect. I can tell whether a relationship is going to survive as a result of that. So it, it's very interesting to delve into this. We can also tell through the coding whether there will be a compatibility between the parent and the child um, in this process of things, and I can tell how well it's going to get along. I do look at the letters a little bit in the sense of um, I work a little bit on the intuitive level, um, similar to Sharita in that aspect of, of seeing what is coming out to me in, in the aspects of the name. And when I, when I do that, there's definitely things that if somebody was looking to name their child something, there are certain uh, combinations I would not put. <laughs> I would not put together in a name uh, because uh, as Sharita will point out, in her book, um, you know, what's, what's in the name, um, if you have certain letters, you could actually, you know, create somebody to be a killer or be prone to be killed, for example. Um, likewise, you could, uh, this is oftentimes what you'll find in Hispanic culture um, that they'll use the name angel in, uh, in naming children because they believe that that's going to bring in angelic energy. Uh, for them. Uh, on one hand, it does, um, but not always. You know, you, there's always those different aspects. We always have, so to say, the, the bright, shiny side and the, and the rough, challenged side, uh, you know, within us. And uh, again, depending on what the rest of the name is, um, that name angel, which might ordinarily cause somebody, say, to, to take on angelic energy, might end up leading them to become, uh, you know, a, a dark angel as opposed to a light angel <laughs> in there um, when we look at it. So definitely it's, it's interesting to follow, follow some of these patterns in there. Um, for those that are into astrology, like I said, we can... That is something that I can delve into with somebody. And I like to look at the different components. You know, what is the energy of the first name? What is the energy of the middle name? What is the energy of the last name? 
because those are all individual components that we have within the whole, and it can, um, you know, there's there's the aspects of how those those pieces function independently, and then there's also the aspect of when you bring those pieces together, what do you have? So, for example, recently, earlier this week, I was looking at somebody's coding, and they had all these really challenging individual components in their name, but when they came together, they had a really beautiful energy. And that is something that I definitely see in this person. They have some very strong challenges in their life, but they just keep shining this beautiful, bright light into the world out there. Um, So, you know, this is where it gets tricky and confusing with people because they oftentimes think that, you know, well, I've got... I've got this happening in my name and I've got this floating and, and on first look, like if you just look initially at Jesus's coding, you would think, oh my gosh, he's not a very good person, is he? Look at <laughs> what he does in this world. But when we actually understand that energy, that it's not a negative or a bad energy necessarily to be a revolutionary person, uh, you know, it, it's awakener energy and that's what he did. He, he awakened. Uh, we could go through and look at other world leaders that way too. And and that brings up another aspect of today a lot of people delve into the aspects of programming and they're, they're following what used to just be crazy conspiracy theories out there um, with things and they wonder how do these people get to be president? How do they get to be a world leader? How do they maintain this 1% family control? Well, it's not just out of threats and fears. You know, how did Hitler get to the the status and control that he had? Um, Well, it was coded in his name. And they very specifically, they, they use the same types of things that I'm using to pick their names to make sure that their name is coded with the energy to be a ruler, to be a king, to run a country, to have the strength, to be successful, to be the person who's in charge. So, you know, they don't just name their kids blindly. Matter of fact, I think we have some upheaval going on in the royal family right now where uh, Kate <laughs> Middleton, uh, I just saw saw some little flash on it, and I don't have the whole story on it, so I won't even pretend to know that I do. But she is having some conflict with the queen. And, you know, some of this comes back to uh, the, the different pieces involved there where she has a different type of coding that may not necessarily um, jive <laughs> with... Uh, you know, with the royal family. And, uh, you know, certainly Diana had a certain aspect of of that too. She was a little bit of a revolutionary in a sense. And she wasn't going to be pushed around too much, but the people loved her. Um, So we we definitely see this um, in it. You know, some people have this energy of, you know, danger or likelihood of assassination. I haven't run Lincoln's coding, but it would be interesting to 
find out if Abraham Lincoln actually had that assassination coding in his name uh, there. But these wealthy families, these people in power have been using it. They have been given these names specifically to take these high positions in the world. And I guess what I'm doing with my work to a certain extent when I look at the name changes and the coding is to even the playing board. (laughs) I'm giving the average person uh, a chance to know how to, um, you know, to, to bring in the favorable aspects for them. And that's the key. When we get into this type of work in our name, it's not that it is good or bad. It's simply understanding how do I work with what I have in my name? How do I work with um, these influences? And which place is the right place to to work for? You know, you have a lot of companies out there, right, that hire people day in and day out. And, uh, you know, company A is there. They're doing their job. They put these things forth. Not that company A is necessarily good or bad, but one person goes in and they have an incredible experience and they love working there, and somebody else goes in and they have a horrible experience and they hate it there and they think it's the worst place in the world, okay? Um, What's really happening in that dynamic is that one person's name coding is working their name energy, their name vibration is working in compatibility with that company, whereas the other person is not having a compatible coding mixture there. The way I look at this, it's kind of like we're each a piece to a puzzle, right? We have this big, giant puzzle, which is big, giant whole picture, and, and every one of us is a piece within that. And you can't take and just force any piece to work in around you, okay? You've got, you've got like four or so different pieces, let's say, that are going to fit in. You know, one on each side of your piece is going to fit into you. So when you find the pieces that are perfectly coded, it's like putting two pieces of the puzzle together that fit perfectly together. And, you know, you can't, you can't take the piece that doesn't fit and make it fit in there, no matter how hard you try. And and you can't change your coding. Like I said, other than changing your name, you can't change your coding. This is what you came here to work with. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting piece. And uh, what I've learned with this, again, I can go in, I can find out, well, what types of job titles work for you? What types of work for you? What days of the week work for you? What, you know, and, and so uh, this is where we're taking it because it's all about energy. Um, and, and when we look at how these different energies mix, it's like, it's like the alchemist. You know, if you put certain ingredients together, you put a couple of things together, it's like chemistry in a way, right? Chemistry or cooking. You put a couple of ingredients together and either those ingredients are going to mix and create something really incredible, or you could put two ingredients together and it's going to be explosive. You know, you can create a bomb <laughs> or you can create a cake. 
you know, whatever whatever it is. And it all just depends on which things you're mixing together and in what quantity. Uh, you know, for example, another piece in my name that I have encoded in my name is uh, immortality energy. Uh, I have an alignment with Venus energy, uh, peace and love energy, which is very good considering some of the other aspects I have. Uh, you know, I have a, a wisdom coding in there, which is the ancient wisdom of the universe. Um, I have um, a direct coding to, to divine knowledge in there. Um, and this coding that I have makes me superior to any trials or challenges or difficulties that come my way. Um, and, and when I look at that, that it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop having challenges in my life just because I have this wisdom and this peaceful and this loving energy there. What it means is it, it, it's um, what they call an immortal energy in numerology. And um, that energy then, you know, no matter how much somebody comes at me or tries to knock me down, I'm going to keep bouncing back. And when you combine that, say, with my Scorpio energy, that brings in the energy of, of uh, the phoenix or the phoenix rising from the ashes. Uh, coming up. So here again, you know, even as I start to shift my title and my work a little bit in this direction to put a bigger focus on this, I'm still going to be bringing in for people a lot of different aspects of understanding the other symbolisms and the other pieces of all these other areas that that interconnect and interrelate uh, for them along the way in here. And, And that's really... I, I find it to be quite fascinating. I hope you're finding <laughs> some of this to be quite fascinating as well because once I get into somebody's coding, it, almost always they're like, oh, my gosh, that is exactly it. You know, um, that's, that's exactly what's happening. I can foresee what's going to happen during a certain period or a certain year of somebody's life, for example, one year they could be writing incredible successes and the next year all these strange, bizarre incidents are happening in their life. And it doesn't matter what sign they are and it doesn't matter what day they were born on. Um, they're going to go through these cycles and these things are going to come up. And when we have a name change that comes into this, then we, again we have these different dynamics because you have two new beginnings every year when that date rolls around of, of the date of the legal name change and the, and the birth date. And when we look at that, that means that, you know, for X amount of time. So, for example, my legal name change being July 24th, I now am starting a new cycle right now. And I have a cycle that will run from now until my birthday, in, which is November 13th. And that will be one cycle. And then I will have another cycle that will go from November 13th to July 24th in my life. So I have some very challenging, I have some very good things coming up starting with this cycle and some very challenging things (laughs) starting with this cycle out there. And so it definitely warns me that because of certain energy, I need to pay extra attention. I need to be very careful. It actually, because of the other successful energy that's coming in, indicates to me 
that there may be some karma coming back on some people that maybe didn't treat me so well um, over the last couple of years <laughs> happening in my life. So, you know, there can be an interesting aspect that comes in. If I'm the person in every dynamic when we connect with people, somebody is going to be the power person in that situation, and that extends beyond the masculine and the feminine energy. And if I'm the one that holds the greater power, then I'm going to be able to say defeat somebody else's plans to be um, aggressive or vindictive or malicious towards me. Whereas if the other person is holding the power card, then I'm most likely to be the one that is going to have my plans defeated uh, in the situation. So this is why it's so important for us to really consider who is in our life. Who are we marrying? How are we going to shift with this? So when you do have a legal name change, you actually have two cycles going on every year uh, as opposed to one for somebody who's operating strictly under their own birth name in that influence. And so what happens is we start to change out these influences that are unfavorable for us and to move into the influences that are favorable for us. And we start to bring in the things that we are coded to. And and I want to, you know, um, you know, again, I, I've worked with musicians on this. Um, I've worked with uh, other situations that I can't designate, uh, but they um, they involve some very intense situations. Um, I, I can't talk about them necessarily because they're it's a it's a privacy thing, you know, respecting a, a client confidentiality aspect on them. But um, just the slightest thing um, can shift. It, it can dictate whether a book is successful for an author, for example, or whether somebody should even be writing, you know, whether that is going to, to be the thing that is, they're going to be successful at. Maybe they should be a healer instead of a writer. Um, maybe their work is healing with angels versus healing with Reiki. Um, anything, literally anything can be discovered by the coding that's within us. And like I said, our big powerful families use this all the time. They use this when they name their children. They use this when they decide who they're going to put up for candidates for office. They use this thing that they do. And that is a big portion of why they are as successful as they are. That is a big reason why they have the control and the power that they do. Um, so this is a great way, again, to, to, to look at past life influences. Now, again, it doesn't mean that those people are going to get out of their karma, you know, when they misuse and abuse that power. Uh, but these are the same types of aspects that they're looking at. Maybe not exactly the same way I'm doing it, but it is the same uh, aspects in there. So, you know, really we could look at any of this and we know who's going to rise to that rulership. We know who's going to be able to influence people regardless of how treacherous and lying and everything else they are in there. Uh, that is the nature of it. And some of these patterns are very much coded to the Illuminati they're very much coded to um, masonry, uh, these different groups that are out there. 
uh, with things, uh, I guess. And, uh, you know, um, I just received a message. Somebody's listening in, and they're sending me messages in other areas since my chat is enough um, about Barack Obama. And I, I don't have all of my notes on him right now with me, but Barack Obama is very specifically coded for rulership, and he has a lot of success, success, success in his aspects. And this is one of those things where, for example, can be very deceptive because these ruling families and these ruling groups will oftentimes pick something that appears to be, oh, look at the success and look at what glorious energy this person has. But how might they bring peace in the world? They might bring peace in the world by creating so much restriction and obstruction and control. They might not be doing it in peaceful ways, but they might still bring peace because peace comes from, say, a revolution (laughs) in there um, with it. So, you know, all I'm doing with the work that I'm doing through this and helping people understand that your name carries power. Your name carries influence. Everything in this world has an energy. And we spin around with all these intellectual ideas and thoughts and concepts. And if we get down to looking at that name, and we get down to looking at really what the coding is in that name, we will know the truth of anything and anyone. And, you know, sometimes somebody has negative things in there. They could either be the perpetrator or the victim as the case may be in that um, situation. And again, it can just be subtle things like removing the S off of something or doing something singularly versus in a plural manner or doing things plurally instead of in a singular manner. Um, slight, slight details. I was working two weeks ago with a gentleman that he was interested in what I was doing and um, and uh, he's in the process of offering a book, and he gave me a book title. I said, you know what? This book title isn't going to work for you. I'm sorry to say, but it's going to create a lot of grief and a lot of strife there. Um, but at the same time, I said, if you want to do this, this is your concept. What do you think about this other title instead? And he says, you know, it's very interesting that you would bring that up because that's actually a piece that is a part of my story at the beginning of the book. So I've not read his book. I have no idea how he's worded things, but that's exactly what came out in the coding. And and I was able to draw on that and actually pull that out. Now, again, you know, kind of jumping back to Barack Obama, for example, a lot of people are fascinated with that because he's the president of the U.S. right now. His name was changed to Barack Obama. Why was his name changed? He went through these time travel experiences, Uh, experiments that the government put him through when he was a child. He was part of that grouping in there and all of these things. Why would they change his name? Because they wanted to program him and to code him to be the president of the U.S. Because they wanted to code him to the success coding. I guarantee you his legal original birth name was not coded for but the name that they have as his legal name now is highly coded to that. So they go through and they look, okay, we've got the Clintons and we've got the Bushes and we've got all these different families out there. 
they already know who's going to win the race <laughs> because it's whoever's got the strongest coding in there. And if they if that person is also coded to things, say, like the shape of a Pentagon or the Pentagon building or the energy of the White House, okay, you know, that makes them more unstoppable than somebody who isn't coded to it. So, of course, they're going to put somebody in office who's better coded, who is going to have this sort of thing that people love. That's, what, that's why they've been starting to pick a lot of Leos to go into office. Okay? All of these different little pieces. This is why some people will sit there and go, I think this is the best president in the world. And other people are like, this is the biggest disaster in the world because of how their coding is working with that person. We think these things are small details, but they tremendously, tremendously influence our life. And this is where some of the free will comes in. This is where some of the smart choices come in. And... um, And I love working with people in this area because I feel like, again, it it evens the playing board, so to say. It allows people to thrive and choose success and to step in and discover their mission, to discover their path, to understand what they're here to do, to understand what is coded to them, and to learn how to work with that. Um, It's an incredibly powerful piece. And when we look at a legal name change, it's a total personality change. It's a total shift. And and not just, hey, my name's changing on paper, but, you know, we're actually choosing our destiny. That is where we are creating our destiny. And most of the time people are doing this and they're completely unaware what they're stepping into or the conflicts that they're creating for themselves in this process. They're completely unaware a lot of times that the partner they've chosen is not compatible and it leads to an abusive situation. And they think to themselves, I never saw this person like this when I was dating. Well, there was a different there was a different ingredient there. <laughs> you know, there were different ingredients involved. It's something for us to think very, very carefully about. And I hope that once I get my Facebook page up, which a lot of things are going to become available this fall because I'm trying to choose very carefully my timing in bringing things out, not just because of the cycles and the seasons, which I naturally flow with, but for my own personal coding. Um, because I know if I do this in alignment with my own personal coding, I'm proving over and over again right now that the success rate is incredible. And I want to be able to bring to you the best that I can present to you with this. But I hope that you'll follow that page because what I'm going to be doing on that page is looking at truth. I'm going to be looking at what things really are. And sometimes they're really different than what what we think. Matter of fact, I think it was in the last week, 
I put out um, information through my blog on Tumblr, um, an aspect of uh, I am, and that I am is actually a word that we use for God. It is one of the words that is used for um, for God. And I was going to see if I could go in and actually find that and just share that with you to give you an example of looking at the true energy of something and how that interplays. And and I titled this, um, What is Behind I Am? And this is on my blog, which is uh, getyourblisson.tumblr.com. And uh, you'll find uh, different postings there of things. Usually I have my shows posted and my blog posts on there and things like that. Uh, But here's what it is. And these are the types of things that will go on my uh, code interpretation page when I create that. Just a little thought to ponder. How are you using I am in your life? We are used to using this in relation to expressing how we are feeling or in affirmations to create things in our life. Yet, like many things, people are not always aware of what they are saying and or doing when using this phrase. Mostly, we just do it because somewhere someone said, this is what you need to do to be more powerful, aware, receive what you want. So this will actually give you a little insight on some of what I'm doing when working with people in my coding insights at the same time. I am. This is one of the many names for God, by whatever your perception of that may be. When we use the phrase I am, we are actually saying what God is, and at the same time establishing our connection with that energy within us and our union and sacred partnership with that energy. So when you say, I am powerful, you are really saying God is powerful that your own God energy is powerful and that when you are in sacred relationship or partnership with God, that there is power. This name of God is also the reverse energy of crisis and emergency. Ironically, when most people tend to call on this energy, right? We, we tend to call on God when we're in a crisis situation. Let's look at the famous phrase, I am the way, the truth, the life. This is not just about a specific religion's perception of a man that walked this earth. We actually have a very enlightening insight here. And this tells us that God energy is this. Way is related to reporting problems, receiving information or help. It is a call for repair. It means to share information and receive help through that connection, much like a troubleshooting hotline. Truth is related to ancient wisdom, and such as the ancient wisdom like what the Magi shared or embraced. And it also represents victory, assures us of a fortunate future or blessing. And this shows us that by using the wisdom of God energy, we will be certain to experience the best thing. Life is related to peace, love, immortality, and reminds us that we are superior to the trials and tribulations that we experience in life. And it brings in the energy of Venus, which is also about loving and caring partnership. Now, when we bring this all together as a total phrase, it tells us that God energy is strength through experiences. It reminds us that we will benefit through observation, 
And this also connects to taking time to pause and really see what is happening so that you can act instead of react. And it assures us that we will succeed through the trials we have experienced and thus create a better life moving forward. It also reminds us that while we are able to support others in getting out of their situations and try to help them learn, such as teaching someone to be self-supportive instead of supporting them, that we want to keep in mind what they are going through, no matter how difficult it is, is allowing them to connect with God energy. God is experiences. So these trials are allowing us to get God experiences or to develop our God energy within ourselves. And this leads to attributes of humbleness, peacefulness, compassion. And these tougher experiences are where we surrender, and it is a beautiful surrender to God energy. That's a sample of what then I am. That's what's coded in I am the way, the truth, and life. It's really powerful. You know, how many people have used that phrase in their lifetime and really didn't have a clue what it was? I hope you've enjoyed delving into this. What is happening in a name? What happens when you change your name? And learning a little bit about code because this is going to be coming out a lot more. And I want to bring you the truth of what's in things. And we're going to be exploring this as I bring this out, like I said, this fall. We need a little time to keep pulling this information together, but I am doing interpretation of coding for people. Um, it is work that I'm doing. Again, I'm going to be refining this work. Uh, like I said, we can literally delve into anything, whether you just want to get some general insights about your coding or whether you have specific things like trying to figure out a career path or uh, other aspects, whether, you know, you should stay with a company or not stay with a company or stay with a person or not stay with a person. This helps you understand it. And we can definitely work with it. So I hope this has been interesting for you, and I hope it's been interesting learning a little bit about this and why it's so important and that really it is this precise connection. And like I said, we're all a piece to the puzzle. And when we all put ourselves together with the pieces that connect to us, we create a whole picture. And we create the true picture. And we get to merge into that wholeness. And that's where we're really headed, is to get our pieces to fit together. It's not about changing the pieces. It's about getting the pieces to fit together. I want to thank you for being with me today. Next week on my show, I'm going to have Kevin Baird. And some of you might remember Kevin because he used to do a full-time show here on our network, Main Street Universe. And we're going to be looking at something he's created, which is really fascinating. It's called the New Companion. And it allows us to have actual communication with spirits that are present in our world and to have actual conversations with them. It's very, very cool. I think you're going to find it very interesting. My books on relationships are out there. My books on compassion are out there. 
Um, you can check out things like video tips. You can check out my monthly special archive shows, other shows on our network that are going on. Uh, you can find out where I have events going on, what types of events I have going on. I know it looks sparks now because I'm regrouping everything. I'm regathering everything. I'm doing a lot of work with my own coding <laughs> to bring you the, the best things that I can be. So you're going to start seeing things shift in what I'm calling them to better align with my own coding. You can find out all that stuff. I'll be putting up a new monthly video tip um, coming up probably in about a week or so uh, with things, so watch for that as well. All of it's on my website, jessianmicholsgeorge1.com. And um, there, too, we talk about the monthly special. Uh, July's special deal is short coaching, coaching sessions. Uh, $15 for 10 minutes, $30 for 20 minutes. It's really a great deal because I guarantee you the coding work is not going to be that cheap. So um, that's, that's a, an option to, to consider um, with that. And I, it looks like right now I'm probably going to run that special, um, you know, you've got till the end of the month, so another week to, to take advantage of that. Uh, tips in there, and we'll see what I do from there. Don't forget, we do have several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Um, we have some people that have been on break, but uh, Susan Weed is doing things regularly, Tuesday nights, half-hour show, Herbs Natural Plants. She's been doing a series called 13 Sacred Trees. Uh, our flagship show is on Wednesday nights. Daniel Janice is on that. Um, Daniel has been running some things that's been getting backed by Spiritual Insights with Darren Bucher fantastic reader who is a reader actually at Madame Laveau in New Orleans, one of the biggest shops there. Um, Janice actually is going to be starting her own show this summer, so that's going to be something to watch for. And, of course, we have Jim and Ashley Cash with Logan Green who do a show once a, week, once a month, so that's something to pay attention to as well. You've got all kinds of options with us, depending on what your flavor, your taste is, your preferences. It's there. Okay, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George. Thank you so much for being here today. And again, thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live on Penn, known as Parent Counters Network, Dreamfinder, and Talk Stream Live, as well as those that are catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of our show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. Don't forget if you've enjoyed the show today, if you found it useful, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you today with that song, Yearning For, also known as Over and Over by Shemshine again. You can check out their work on their website, www.shemshai.com, S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with season of change inside. We are in tune with the tune, caught in a balance of sun and moon.
Over and over, life is yours. 